Welcome to the Sleepy Hollow Random Tea Podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Janya. And today we're going to talk about Season 1, Episode 11, The Vessel. Mm-hmm. It was uh, directed by Romeo Tyrone, and it was written by Melissa Blake, Mark Goffman, and David McMillan. Now, is Melissa the same one who's written the previous episodes? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good for her. Yeah. Or, and uh, Goffman I liked is, it. Yeah, and Goffman is one of the uh, one of the creators, and I don't know who David McMillan is. I didn't look him up. <laughs> He's a guy. He's David. <laughs> so I like this one. I thought this was a really good episode. It re- We're really gearing up. Um, and I know I said something last episode about gearing up to the finale, but this really is. Yeah, we're setting upswing. a lot of stuff up. Yeah. yeah, a lot of setup. Well, I really felt like um, that in the last episode, the little clippets, clippets, <clears throat> the little <laughs> clips of, I'll just make up words. Now. Yeah, you will. The clips of Frank's family really felt out of place. Mm-hmm. But this is why they see, were here. We see the fallout here, but they still feel like they were out of place in the way that they played them. Yeah, like you said, I get why they did it that way, but the way they did it was not just, executed very no. well. Yeah, but we here we see the the fallout, the conclu- where that was going. Yeah, um, that had did, to set all that up, right? Because we start with the flashback, um, in is is nuggets of Frank's family stuff. Yeah, so. It fits together. I just, but yeah, as as an overall episode, it felt really. It felt like an upswing. Yeah, and I remember going back when I sat down to watch this one. I was like, oh, this was one of my favorites. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I remember really liking this one. Yes. Um, and just to get right into the recap, um, it Abby is. It sounds like Abby's talking somebody down, and it sounds really serious. It does. And it's just Ichabod in skinny jeans. Okay, but she's trying not to roll her eyes at the same time. She is. She's fighting it. Because he's being a little bit of a baby. But this is the clothing montage you asked for. I did. You did. You wanted this. I did. It wasn't quite it. it wasn't quite like what I had in my head, which was him at a mall <clears throat> somewhere. Yeah. But it was still doing quite the, good. Uh, doing the uh, the the pretty girl thing. Yeah. She, this outfit or this outfit and Abby Posing. sits there and goes, yes or no. <laughs> But, but yeah, the, the, that's <laughs> what you is, were hoping for. This is, yeah. But you did still get Ichabod in the skinny jeans. I did, which, and he can barely damn. sit down in them. Well, he goes to sit down, and the thing <laughs> is, my closed caption, and here's again where my closed caption's not matching up with the TV. My closed captioning says, my God, this wounds. What he says is, God's wounds. Oh, Okay. Okay. What he says and what the close cap is two different things, but I can see where they got that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get started on the history of a minced oath. Okay. Which is uh, swearing by replacing a letter or word such as drat or heck. Right. Or darn. Those yeah. are what are those are called minced oaths. Those are lazy ass swears, kids, and just fucking swear. <clears throat> exactly. That's my advice from Auntie Queenie. Damn straight. <laughs> Get that shit out out there. When that suburban house, mo- uh, you know, soccer mom says fudge it, we all know what she really we, means. I know. Nobody's covering up. Nobody's no. hiding it. We know what's being said. Yeah. So. However, God's wounds is not one of those. It's the original oath. Okay. It's, okay. It, it is blasphemy. Oh. God's wounds. Ooh. It's blasphemy. Um, the minced oath version is Zounds. Really? Yeah. Zounds. Zounds. Zounds is a thing instead of just some funny word. Yeah. Wow. Look yeah. at you with the etymology research. You can find it on Wikipedia. But still, you you like took the I trouble. I wanted to know what God's wounds meant. meant. Yeah. To find some kind of, because I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to use that. 
But yeah, he he goes to sit down in the skinny jeans, and you know exactly which part of his body is in pain. Yep. It's hilarious. And it's funny because in my notes, I took the opposite stance from oh. blasphemy. I wrote down, and the angels rejoiceth, <laughs> and the gods smile down upon us. Because Ichabod is wearing skinny and jeans. And boy, is he skinny. He, that boy is tiny. I want to say, give that boy a sandwich, but that would almost be offensive, and I don't want to offend anybody. Right. But damn, give that boy a sandwich. Yeah. Damn, Tom. He's skinny. Got the, see, man, guys can have those skinny legs, though. I, skinny jeans were made for men like him. Yes, yes. People like me and you, we cannot wear these skinny jeans. No. People like him. Skinny jeans will kill me. I don't even know if there are skinny jeans out there for me. <laughs> I, I would look at them and die. Yeah. So, um, but he's rocking them, man. I don't care that he, he can't is. really sit down in them, but he's... It looks... Just stand up. And he's got a button-down shirt. Yes. And it's But nice. I will. I will say for Abby... Except for the shirt that she offers him that he won't even look at. Um, she stays within his color tone family. Mm-hmm. She does, It's not like she's putting him in like, no, you know, white no. jeans or anything like that. I know. And it's it's just a plain, simple button down shirt. And skinny jeans. <clears throat> and skinny jeans. Um, it's not um, nothing fancy. There's no fancy pattern to it. It's not a Henley. It's not a t-shirt. Yeah. It's a very simple, just plain old button down shirt. Yeah. And, very good to Abby got some taste. Yes. Yes, we're gonna go on for five minutes about Ichabod's clothes. Well, he doesn't he doesn't like modern clothing, <laughs> and at this point I care not. I, I love it. Don't well and I mean I love his clothes though. Yeah. I do love the clothes. That he very quickly changes back into. Yes, he does. He he goes back he hands she hands him another set of shirt and pants, and he walks out and he comes back in. In his his old clothes, yeah, his his old rags. So he's and he's done hilarious. trying stuff on. He he is well, and she says to him, "You you said if we survived the new year, yeah, that you would be willing to let me help you upgrade, or not upgrade, whatever it was she said about his his wardrobe." Yeah. Um, the thing is, I know there was a lot of talk online, mm-hmm. and there still is about his clothes, right? So this really was this one scene. Was a nice... Was fan service. It was, because, like... Just, 100%, that's all it was. Even beyond me seeing um, Tom in skinny jeans, <laughs> it makes sense Worth that they it. address the fact that he's wearing the same outfit. Yes, they do address it. Yeah, finally. So, so they're paying attention to what's going on on the web. And with Orlando being all over Tumblr... Oh, yeah, that's true. He's probably like, y'all need to, y'all need to address this. Yeah, so... Uh, I just thought that was... Okay, and I don't know if you noticed, um, when he comes back out, you can see on his shirt where rips have been repaired here, oh, up on his shoulder. Really? And across his rib cage down no, here. No, I did not notice that. I was looking for it. Okay. Because back in the Sanctuary episode, when he meets up with that tree vine creature thing... Yeah. He come when he comes back out. His shirt is ripped. Oh, okay. And in my rewatch, I, when I saw that, I said, "Okay, I'm going to pay attention and see if later down the road I can see. Do they just?" And it's hard to tell because usually it, he's got his coat on. Yeah, he does. I was like, "Okay, is it going to be magic and his shirt's just fixed, or are they going to actually show the stitches?" And they do show. Oh, that's really very cool. briefly. Just as he puts the coat back on, you can see the stitching across his shoulder and across his rib cage. Go costume department. That's awesome. I was like, "Yes, detail." Yeah, that's see, that's the kind of thing that gets our engines uh, revving right there. Costume so, details. I know, right? So to get back to the the recap, um, as he's 
back there changing cl- and boy and hey, boy does he change really really yeah, fast. Yeah, he does. Um, he got those skinny jeans off pretty quickly. <laughs> Man, they did. He probably just scissors, cut them. Scissors. Yeah. <laughs> he he learned about scissors from Abby in the he plastic. Did. He did. He um, did. But they're talking and she has to explain the word boondoggle. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, what she explains really is it. So I didn't even bother looking it up. Uh, but I, I liked that not only is he has he been explaining words to her. She's explaining more words to him. Yeah, it works both ways. And that's always happened throughout the show. She's teaching him. He's teaching her. And here we are in episode 11. Mm -hmm. And it's still going on. And it doesn't feel condescending on either side. It doesn't feel like Abby's looking down on him because you idiot. You don't know what a coffee maker is. And he doesn't (laughs) look down upon her because she doesn't know this like 15 syllable word. He does love his coffee though. Yes, he does. So, um. But, but yeah, yeah he, he wants to get back to the task at hand, which is the saint's name that Moloch teased him with, which was really stupid as far as, you know, I think Moloch is concerned. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. And, um, if you're going to scare somebody, scare them, right? Yeah, exactly. And he went to the Katrina Crane School of Cryptic Messages. <laughs> <laughs> She's got an annex down in Purgatory teaching people how to talk to their loved ones. What is this, the riddle scene in The Hobbit? Seriously? I don't think so. <laughs> That's the golem, not the golem. <laughs> Told and, you I was going to get that in there. Yeah, you are. Um, so, like, they're more, he's more afraid than ever before. And Abby's basically just like, yep, he's not going to beat us. So, on to these clothes. Here, have a Henley. Yeah, and he's just like, no. no. Um, and so, so, she gives him two words. Dry cleaning. Yes, and he's completely flummoxed by it's dry like, cleaning. It's like, give me two words, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> That was hilarious. Okay, enough about his clothes. Yes. (laughs) So uh, we move on to the police station, and Frank is going way farther with this than I originally would have thought. Yeah, I didn't expect him to to actually have the guy he brought took, in. He took in uh, the the guy that was the uh, vendor guy, the the, the guy that chocolate. was selling hot chocolate, yep. um, and he's having him questioned on polygraph. And um, well, the guy you know, they a, they set up the polygraph scene once. They needed to use it true. a second time that's because true. they had the machine. They're like, we have so. this machine here, um, but the guy isn't lying. No, he's not, and. I don't know if you noticed, but I haven't decided if I want to call them Starsky and Hutch or if I want to call them Dumbass 1 and 2. I kind of like Starsky and Hutch. Okay, so Starsky, okay, so we'll go with Starsky and Hutch. So Starsky and Hutch, and well, we'll now refer to them as Starsky and Hutch throughout the rest of this episode. Right, right. Um, they are obviously not buying, it's not that they don't want to believe him, but they don't believe him. Right. But he's a superior, so they can't not believe They can't be like, Frank, this is bullshit. And they're like, oh, sure, yeah. When she gets in here, it'll, the, the, when they talk about the other woman yeah. that was at the scene. Oh, well, sure, when she gets here, I'm sure it'll all make sense. Yeah, but she'll corroborate your story. In, in their faces that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're looking for this woman that the guy bumped into, and we see that the spirit was transferred her. I'm still fuzzy on whether Frank saw it or not. Um, he knows that... He said something about the woman he bumped into. Yeah. But that's really as far as he goes. And um, so, you know, the guy had bumped into her, and we know that the spirit transferred to her. Um, and But she, she, we see her in the police station, um, and she's got... Anytime you see anything from her point of view, it's like demon cam. Yeah. It's that weird vision... That it's like a tunnel vision. Apparently, kind of demons thing. don't see a lot of colors either. Well, it was no. very green and very yellow. Yeah, while well, I wasn't distorted, a real, real fan of the huge distortion, it made it a little hard to see. 
but I guess they had to do something to differentiate. Yeah. Well, nobody else. We're not getting any other POV like True. shots. So True. I mean, I think that would have been clear even with if they just saw her with wide eyes. Yeah, I, but yeah, I didn't like the way that was. They done. had a new fancy. Yeah, program. they had a new filter. They, and they were like, we're gonna use this. Yeah. Um. So, but we see her. She um transfers her demon whateverness to um this cop. In, in the, the hallway, precinct. right yeah, in now, the hallway. I don't know if you notice this, but that's one of the same uh, officers, cop, dude, person, who in a previous episode, one of the earlier early episodes, uh, you know, we're in Frank's office, and like one of the cops comes in and says, "Oh, this person's here." You know, they bring you messages. Yeah, this is one of them. Oh no, I didn't remember. There that. was a, the woman who was talking about uh, your wife's. Your, 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 yeah, it was your no, your daughter. Your daughter called. Macy called, and it's somebody's birthday. I don't know. Yeah. She said something about the yeah. family. I remember her. But there was another guy who came in, and another, I don't know if it's the same episode or not, came in and gave another message. And that was him. And this is that same guy. Okay. Um, but I like but I like that they used another per- person we had seen before. Yeah. In this particular scene, they're bringing somebody we recognized, or at least I recognized him, yeah. back. That's cool, though. They're recycling a character as opposed to just an adding another new yeah, face. Another random But it's a officer. it's a recognizable face. Yeah. And I like um that. so we we go back to Frank and he gets this uh this disguised voice call um telling him that they want Washington's Bible. And I can see you cringing. Are you cringing because of the the horrible Bible the, the, No, the, the, the blood voice. the voice. Oh the voice. The, 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 the blood on the ceiling I was kind of okay with. It was it's a done trope, but it wasn't done badly. And when the blood hit the ground the I just it thought the CGI was bad. Yeah. I thought the effect was it bad. It wasn't great. But I was more shaking my head about that voice on the phone is that you hear it all the time, that same Reward your daughter yeah it's ugh, like they're using the same filter program to filter yeah. it through and it's oh it's terrible but um it doesn't sound demony to me no me it does it not they could they could put on some creepy demon shit instead but uh they want washington's bible and they ask him how much do you care for your daughter yeah so they continue what well, they started last episode. That, well, yeah, and and when he hears when he hears mention of his daughter, you notice he he loosens his the butt of his gun yeah. off of his holster immediately. I mean, he's one hundred percent cop. And uh, they tell him that they want the Bible by nightfall, or they take his daughter. Yes. And um, this goes back to they are attacking the weakest link in this whole web of people who are supporting our witnesses. Yeah, they what they're going the after child. the child. Yeah. Yeah, Abby doesn't have any children. Ichabod doesn't have any living children. And Frank Jenny is... Jenny doesn't have any... Jenny's not a child anymore. Right, and Frank is... I guess what he's been likened to is the disciple. Yeah. Um, he's a strong supporter of them. He's in a position of authority. He is. So they're going after him and his, you know, the, the one thing But they're going that after him through his child. Yeah, where he's weakest. Right. When they did introduce the fact that he had a daughter several episodes ago so they did set yes. it up yes but it's really smart on the bad guy side <laughs> to go after this I guess, yeah so um so frank actually starts looking around the squad room and, and he, it does a slow-mo yeah thing. and he and he you can see him going through all the people that are on the phone mm-hmm. and he finds the guy who gives him a very deliberate demon look 
And he proceeds to attack the guy in the middle of the station. How can they not lock him up after that? I know. Because, I mean, he had his gun out and he everything. He did. I mean, he was not playing. That's an, that's an IA internal affairs. And did he not learn from the previous encounter that Demon gonna skip town? Hell yeah. When it gets... Because he touched um, Starsky. Yeah. Or Hutch. I'm not sure which one's which. <laughs> um, he, well, he's gonna be Starsky. Uh, the blonde one's gonna be Starsky. Uh, he touched him as he was walking... I think that's actually Hutch. Okay, the fine. the blonde one was Hutch. Fine, blonde one could be Hutch. I don't care. Okay. So he touches Hutch on the way through, yeah. touches him on the shoulder, and you can see he does the little thing. I don't yeah. know what to call that, the blobby yeah. ghosty thing as he walks through. And then we get the slow-mo scene again as he's walking out the door and his eyes go white. Yeah. And um, and so this just ends up making Frank look even crazier to his entire department. Um, And so Frank calls in his priest, who we met in the previous episode. Yes. And the priest is going to join him somewhere safe. And I found it interesting because typically in TV shows, when you call the priest in, the priest is like, oh, no, it's it's poo-poos you. Yeah. Like, oh, no, it's fine. Even though they go on how the demon and devil and blah, blah, blah. But they usually come back with, no, we don't actually do um, that exorcisms or, you know, of course he doesn't, of course he's not thinking exorcism at this point. He just knows that Frank needs him. Yeah. And he's going to be there. So he's a priest who actually listens. Yeah. And I like this guy. I like his I do priest. like him. I think he's, I think he's a good actor. I think he's one of those that's been in lots of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I like that guy. Um, so Frank then, of course, goes to um, Ichabod and Abby at the archives to fill them in on what happened. And, and Ichabod thinks that the Bible is even more unique than they originally thought. And apparently, he didn't know about the Bible before. Frank didn't know about the Bible before this. Yeah. And um, they think they just haven't figured out why the Bible is valuable, but that it's far more valuable than they realized since the bad side wants it so bad. Well, of course. And basically, Frank wants to use the Bible to defeat the demon rather than turning it over. Now, let me ask you. When he's questioning... Did you think Frank was going to ask them to turn it over? Um, yeah, honestly, yeah, he's a parent. I did too. I kind of, I kind of half expected it too. And and I know, I think it was Abby that mentioned later that Frank knows what's at stake in this war, and he does. But he's also a parent number one. That's true. But of course, a lot of the crazy shit hasn't really happened yet to Macy, so I I don't know. But so he basically tells them. You look through that Bible, you find anything that'll help, and you you let me know because I only have until nightfall. Right, and he says, I want to know about a chapter and verse yesterday. But he's trusting these two with his daughter's life. Yes. So there is a lot of trust that's been built up yeah. between these three characters. And um, he mentions that he's moving his family to a safe house. Yes. Which I thought it was a really nice safe house. Once we it's get a very there. nice safe house. Um, I want a safe house. like. Can we have a safe I house? Know, I right? a safe house like that. So, uh, Ichabod and Abby, of course, go search Corbin's records. Now, Corbin's files are awfully handy to have there in the archives, and I want a copy of every single one of those files. Seriously? Those things are awesome. I bet that'd be a good read. Oh, no. A good creepy read. That'd be fun. Um, so they find his I'm records so on possession, <laughs> on possession, and he has an account of a woman possessed. Yes. That sounds similar to what, right. uh, Frank has described. Right, a demon that jumps from body to body. And Corbin has a recording of it. And it turns out it's Jenny. Oh, my heart sank. I know. Did you think it was her when he first, when he, well, when he's first talk, talking about it. When he first, yes, because when he first started talking about her, 
He knew her. I was she like, had a history of petty crime. Is it Jenny? Is it Jenny? Yeah. And boom, it was Jenny. And I was yeah. like, oh, man. Yeah. And um, so it, he Corbin says in the tape that she tried to break into his cabin and he captured her. So what I took that to mean is the demon was trying to use uh, Jenny to get at Corbin's. Get Corbin. Either, either they were looking for the sextant back then. Right. Or, or something. they were just trying to get to his files or something. Something. Um, so that was even back then. And they mentioned that was seven, seven years, years ago. ago. Um, so they Wait, bring, she was, so she was 19 she at the time. 19. It was seven years ago. So we have, uh, Jenny is now 26. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and so they bring Jenny in, current Jenny, in. Modern, yeah, today Jenny. Rather than watching the rest of the video, which I, I thought was nice. I did too. Um, they even mentioned Very that, like, thoughtful. like, we didn't want to, we didn't want to look. We'd rather just talk to you. Yeah. And she, and she's like, listen, I don't remember anything. She gets really defensive. And, you know, I kind of totally get that. And so they need to watch the video to see how Corbin got rid of the demon. Yes. And um, they watch the video, and Demon Jenny is pretty creepy. She's pretty creepy. She's got the white eyes. She's got the distorted voice. And she's sweaty, and her hair is all hanging. And so she says that Jenny has been marked, and the demon um, says that war will come, which I took that to mean horseman war well we do have a theme of it yeah and anytime anybody uses war famine death i <laughs> I, I assume that they are sure. the capital capital words capital, capital um yeah so war will come and she foretell or the demon foretells corbin's death at the hands of death right so we get you know we had discussed before was he did he say he meant that death was coming for him capital d he did and now we have confirmation that he did, and, in fact. Know. And now we know why Corbin thought that. He didn't just get a bad vibe. No, he knew death was, he had knew, been coming for him this, yeah. for seven years. And so um, the demon promises that it will kill Abby, which means Jenny will kill Abby. Yes. And um, we have some super big sister issues because Jenny didn't tell Abby about this. Right. And Abby's, Abby insists that she could have done something. To help or, yeah, or whatever. something, because she wanted to know. She's upset that Jenny didn't tell her. Um, Jenny kind of shuts shuts off. She does, and she just, she doesn't want to be involved, despite no. the fact that Macy's in trouble. And she's, she, you can tell she's really rattled. She is, and she's got tears standing in her eyes, and yeah. she's just shook. She's very upset. Um, so we go to Frank arriving at the safe house with his family, and Starsky and Hutch, and, um... We see that now the possession has moved on to Luke slash Starsky. Now, wait. If we could back up just a bit, because I yeah. had some more notes about the possession scene. I didn't realize we were getting that far. Okay. Um, I've got some notes in here. It says, so the Bible is more than a Bible. We find that out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. They're talking to Jenny. This was before they saw the, the video. I'm caught up now in okay. my own notes. So they're talking to Jenny. They explained to the Bible that the Bible is more than a Bible. And they bring up Macy. It was when they bring up Macy that Jenny gives the okay to watch the video. Yeah. Um, in uh, the video, Corbin tells the demon to name itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a common trope. The, there's a lot of power in, 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 a name. in a naming, naming yeah. a thing. Um, the demon uses some kind of demon speech yeah. while he's going. And uh, Corbin says uh and i'll quote it truly i tell you if your faith is the size of a mustard seed you will say to this mountain you will move from here to there the mountain will move and nothing will be impossible for you mm-hmm. i had to go look it up of course you did it's matthew seventeen twenty. 
Okay. Word for word. Out of the King James Version. Oh, is it the King James Version? I didn't think to see which version. Hold on. You told me you were always going to check the King James. We had a precedent. I don't want to lie. No, it's not. Okay. Um, Word for word, it is... Did it even say? Oh, come on. I saw it was one of these. And because it's Corbin, I wouldn't wouldn't think another... uh, Another version would be out of the realm of possibility. No, it wouldn't. Um, like the new standard or something like that. No, the King James Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. It's more flowery. It's the English Standard Version. Okay, English Standard. Okay. That he's quoting. So that's that's at least what Corbin is familiar with. Yes. But it is, I was like, I was like, I don't know what, the, I didn't realize it was a Bible verse, but I was like, I, when I typed out, I wanted to know what it was, cause, just for research, but he does. Um, and then, dun, 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 and then we talked about the capital D. Mm-hmm. Uh, now when Jenny's, uh, and after they, they pause it, or it ends, this, the scene ends, Jenny seems, and we talk about, we were talking about Jenny being angry, but she seems to kind of go back and forth between being angry and being sad. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, think about, think about being possessed by a demon. That's I mean, a that's, big deal. That's not a small thing. No, especially now that she knows what she knows about an even bigger picture yeah, yeah. with, with demons sure, and everything. Sure. I mean, that's got to be insanely scary. Well, it's, yeah, it's not friendly. So yeah, those were a few points. Okay. I wonder, especially the, the quote. So he is quoting the Bible. So that's cool. So yeah, we, so we go back to the cabin. Yes, and now, um, now asshole ex boyfriend is possessed, and um, Starsky. Yes, yes, Starsky. Starsky, Starsky to continue. That that would, that would be Morales, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, we don't really like him. I don't really care. I knew I didn't like this guy. My notes right here says knew I didn't like this guy. Yeah, he was gonna get possessed by a demon in eleven episodes. I knew I didn't like this asshole. <laughs> it's totally his fault too. I know. Jenny. It's not your fault, baby, but it was totally his totally fault. totally his fault. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Ichabod actually goes out to try to, um... Well, you know, Andy did warn him. Andy did warn so him. So why didn't he do some anti-possession necklace some, um, Something. Just saying. Um, so Ichabod finds Jenny in her car and... <laughs> knocks on the window. <laughs> he tries to talk her around and you can tell she's so upset. Okay, but the clothes. Yeah. He mentions the clothes again and he picks up her bra. Yes, he does. And I'm like, that's a damn good bra for a woman who just got out of Terrytown Psychiatric. Yeah, I know. That was a really pretty bra. I think Abby took her clothes shopping, too. Yeah. Just, or, you know, just saying. So, um, but yeah, and it turns out that Jenny noticed um, the signs of possession not long after they met Moloch in the woods as kids. So this has been going on since she was a little girl, not just... Yeah, and... As a teenager. And it explains a lot of her behavior that has been that has been told to us. Boy, does it. Um, because she said that when she, not only that she was possessed and she would do things that um, were out of her control, but when she noticed the voices start up again, she would get herself in trouble and locked up. Yeah, so. To protect Abby. Yeah, before we had talked about how she would get herself locked up as a way of protecting herself, that mm-hmm. she was safer on the inside. But it seems that she's she did it to keep Abby safe, not herself. At least until Corbin got the Could demon out her. of her at yeah. nineteen. So all her, a well, lot she, of, but she was still going in and out. Yeah, but a lot of her teen shenanigans. Yeah, it's true. Were 
easily explain. And God, I mean, if that doesn't rip your heart out. Absolutely. Just so, trying to protect her sister who doesn't know what she's doing. No. Doesn't know. So we find out that Jenny is not who we thought. Right. She's even better. I know. Oh, Jenny. It in was this episode. And as much as I wish Jenny would talk to Abby, I love that Jenny can talk to Ichabod. Yeah. Yeah. That so openly too. Very openly. And um so you can tell it really traumatized her and Ichabod still appeals to her Especially, and asks for her help. And yeah, for Macy. And it, this kind of goes back to the last uh, episode where Abby was the one that ended up convincing Henry to help. Here it after is. After Ichabod yeah, tried. That's true. And this one is Abby tried to convince her and now Ichabod has to has to like yeah. you know, hit the home run in to right. get to get the cooperation. So now I wanna go back to something you and I had discussed before recording. Mm-hmm. Um, during the conversation between Jenny and Abby before Jenny walks out, Abby appeals to her and says that Macy is thirteen. She's young she's not as young as she's younger than we were yeah but didn't remember didn't in the first couple episodes didn't we see that newspaper article where they were like 10 and 11 10 and 11 that's what sticks in my head and i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna find it and i'm gonna get a screen cap of it okay um but yeah that's i because remember they were younger than 13 yeah so when that happened i i gotta go back because I, I don't think i made that up I, I don't think thinking, you did either. I remember thinking they were way younger than I thought. Well, like, oh my God, can you imagine a 10-year-old right. going through that? Well, I remember us stopping and pausing it when we were talking about it on that newspaper article. Yeah. Yeah. And so so, so we'll go back and double check on that. Yeah. Um, but we find that Frank's priest is demon-proofing the cabin in a way that any Supernatural fan would be familiar with. He's salting and he's... Uh, you know well sure we've discussed i think in the very first episode we talked about how salt is a purifying a yeah and yeah it's that's protective a and, that's an old hand yeah so and he's um i've been known to salt doors come on <laughs> he's doing this, i've watched supernatural this uh this blessing on the doorway and um it's holy water even yeah yeah so i'm guessing he's a catholic priest yes yes and um demon demons can't make it past the salt line and well he goes to and he's like, he stopped. We see him visibly stop. Right, but apparently, dumbass so Hutch his over there. Dumbass Hutch is like, he's like, hey, buddy, how about you uh, move that salt line? And, he does and he's just like, okay. And he gets dead for his trouble. Okay, now he looks at, when he says, when Morales looks down at Jones, is actually the guy's name. Yeah. Uh, the character's name. It took 11 episodes for me to even write that to down. To even care yeah. enough to write that down because he's not that important because he's, well, now he's dead. But when he, he looks up when he says, when Morales says, thank you, and I think in that last moment of his life, he realized... He gets a flash of... Uh-oh. What had happened, and then he's dead. Yeah. That would so fucking suck. Yeah, it would. A lot, and now he's dead. Yeah. So is he going to hell? I don't know. Uh, he didn't mean to. It's not like he was... Yeah, he's just a dumbass. Still, dumb it would really, really suck. Yeah, it would. Okay, and then he, Morales steps in. So now he's he's in. Yeah, so Morales throws him over the edge of the porch, and he's in the house. And uh, so we go back to the archives, and Ichabod notices the salt in the video. But he found the pause button. He did. He he's found the pause button. He's a modern man. I know. Abby's like, well, it's complete. You're a modern man. Yes. And um, so they decide that salt can trap the demon based on Jenny's behavior in the video, yes. but it doesn't destroy it. And Jenny starts to remember stuff. Yeah, she remembers waking up 
with Corbin being surrounded. being surrounded by salt. Because she's the one who says it's salt. Yeah. He just says this white substance. Yes. And she comes forth with it's salt. And um, Ichabod can't understand the language that she... That, yeah, he that, complains. That, ...that the demon was speaking. Um, and he's he kind of, like, goes through all this, is it ancient Greek? And Abby's the one that gets the idea to reverse it. Well, that's... Well, sure. That's like... They liked... What was it she said? Uh, demons to up the scary, scary factor? Yeah. It's um, like Kiss 101. I know, right? <laughs> but what I find really interesting is they took the time to show her taking the file, hooking it up to her own, or the disk, and hooking uh-huh. it up to her own computer. You see her do keystrokes, like she's transferring the file to her computer. To play with the audio. And then she it goes into like an audio program for her. They didn't just hit a button, it plays them backwards. Yeah, and... I, I, Speaking as someone who's recording audio right now and has messed with audio software, I appreciated that. Yeah. Because... I, I got in here as a podcaster. Yeah. I, so <laughs> I... Like, and it didn't take a lot to tell that. It took us longer to describe it than it did to happen. It did. And so I, I did appreciate that. It's a, it's one of those tiny little details that they do get right. Yeah. I just wish they would apply that to their magic realm. Yeah. They I do, do it with, They do it a lot with the mundane. Yeah, with the practical stuff. But they don't tend... They, I really wish they would extend that over into the magical yeah, world. Yeah, I do too. Um, so, it turns out that it is Aramaic, and which, of course, Ichabod knows. And I didn't even test that. I just went with it. And it's, uh, it's translated to, and Cetif cannot be defeated. Okay, so, we have a name for this demon. Right. And Cetif. So, the first thing I did was pick up my Dictionary of Demons. Of course you did. Well, Yeah. That's why it's there. Uh, that's why I have it. Uh, and CTIF is not in there. And I was kind of disappointed. Okay. So then I went to Google, because where else am I going to go? Right. And I actually found something. There's only one incident in which Ancetif is named. And it was in the Louvre's Witch Trials um, uh-huh. in France. Right. And I don't know if you notice, but they, they talk about, they, like, they're looking in this, they're apparently their demon dictionary. Yeah. And they have this one page, and it talks about, they talk about. The group of nuns. And then they flip the page, and there's this picture of the demon, and up at the top, in really big letters, mm-hmm. it says Demon Louvers. Yeah. It says it up there. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, so I'm on the right trail. So it was in France in 1647. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen the way that they explain it, um, but it's. Well, the, basically all they said was it possessed a group of nuns. That it possessed a group of nuns, yeah. Um, and that they solved it with the, the lantern. Right. Well, the actual the actual story, the <laughs> historical story the fa- that I found, which I will put a link to this because I'm not going to sit here and repeat the whole thing, that it was a lot like the Salem witch trials. Yeah. Where they blamed uh, certain people, the, these women blamed. And these, it snowballed. And it snowballed, and they did name uh, the specific demon and Cetif, but that's the only place in which I can find a reference to that demon is this one specific situation. So I don't know if some one of those where it came. It didn't. He didn't come from anywhere. He didn't go anywhere. I couldn't find anything else on him. Well, if you think about like the Salem stuff and how people were just making shit up left and right. Well, that I could, could have do been a, a made up demon name for all we know. That's true, but I could do a whole podcast on just the Salem witch trials. So yeah. So we're not going to go there. <laughs> um, but I couldn't find anything in connection to Moloch and Incetif, but it's you kind of have to make him fit yeah. in with the story. And I couldn't find anything about a lantern in connection with Incetif. Um, or in connection with that possession case. 
Right. Or cases. No, yeah, I looked through that whole article and I couldn't find anything about a lantern. And then they mention the incantation. Yeah. So I typed those words into Google and I couldn't find any specific. Um, and I couldn't find anything on 14th century French lanterns dispelling 16th. demons. Maybe that's why I couldn't find it because I am, for some reason, no, I remember am insistent. We, we, we looked before the, uh, before the podcast and we couldn't see anything on 16th right. either. But I did a look for... I think it was 16th. To find something with demon specific. Yeah, like a demon lanterns, lantern. And I didn't find anything. So let me punch in 16th century because apparently in my brain. Well, and if when you when you get a good look at the lantern later, you realize why there's probably not a lot of pictures for it because that is the That's world's crappy, shittiest lantern. Crappy lantern. There is like no room hardly for light to get out through the through the grill of that. I mean, it's it's a pretty lantern. It's visually, it's very attractive. Right. But it's not super practical. But of course, you know, if it's a demon lantern, then you don't really need to be practical aside from getting rid of demons. Right. I don't. So yeah, none none of the pictures anything. look like anything no. remotely like what we saw in the show. Yeah, and I'm still not finding anything connecting a specific 16th century French or any lantern. I could be wrong. If anybody out there knows any stories. Any mythologies? Uh, Shoot us an email. Send us an email at randomtpodcast at gmail.com. Um, so in the show, they say that in their little demon book, <laughs> that Ancetif is known to be a leader of Moloch's minions, and it specifically goes after disciples. Apparently. So I guess that makes sense why Frank is is the target instead of Abby or Ichabod. Right. Because I guess the logic is you take out the pillars beneath the witnesses well, sure. and they're weakened. Right. So, um, and technically, it went after Jenny, and Jenny, I would consider a disciple just like Frank It did, is. but it got dispelled from Danny's. Yeah. D -d Jenny. <laughs> so, Jenny. um, it w like we said, it was previously defeated with this magic lantern, and Ichabod, of course, recognizes the lantern in the drawing. Oh, sure he does. As one of the many that Benjamin Franklin obtained <gasps> when he was in France. We have a new, yeah, he was over in France. Yeah, now, they were unboxing several of them in the right, flashback that they gifts. showed. Now, the French did join the war in 1778, the American, right. on the American, the New World, the right. colony side. And Benjamin Franklin has a long history of, with France. Yes, so he does. That, so they got that much. Yeah. And, um... Jenny has seen one, too, though. Yeah, she has. And she says it's with other... We don't, ha we don't have to go to France. Right, and she's like, it's with other kinds of patriots. Mm-hmm. And um, so we go back to the cabin, and Cynthia wants to know what the hell's going on. Woman knows what something's happening. Because she's already figured out that some some somebody is after Macy. She's been the wife of a cop long enough, and she says she's a lawyer. Yeah, she's a perceptive lady. Um, and she, so yeah, she, they, they do set her up as a very intelligent yeah. woman. And so we see rather ominously that, um, that Starsky goes into what looks like Macy's room. Well, right before they're outside talking on the por por porch, thank you. The porchage. I'm, my brain is working faster than my tongue. <laughs> um, before they go out onto the porch, um, they're inside and Macy goes into her room to study. Right. And Morales or Starsky closes the door for her and there's this nod between Frank. Like I'm going to stand and, here and yeah, guard her. You, you got this. I got this. And so he goes outside and she follows him out and yeah, you're thinking, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's not good. He's a demon. You're this shouting at the TV. I know. He's a demon. And, and then Frank's, uh, so they're out there standing on the porch. Right. I can say it. You can. And, yay. And uh, Frank gets called. Yeah. And Cynthia says, take it. I don't know if she's being a sarcastic sassy. 
Or if she or if realizes that he's... Or if she's saying, I know this is important, take the damn call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping sure it's which, the latter. I'm hoping it is too. But, but then again, she has a history of him, of him, you know, finding work more important than family. Right. Right. So, so um, he gets the phone. He gets the phone, and it's um, Abby fills Frank in on the lantern. Um, and as soon as he hangs up with Abby, he gets a call from Luke. Does he even get the chance to hang up? I thought they get interrupted. Oh, is it is it a call Could waiting be. kind of a deal? Uh, um, and Luke calls to tell him that it's sundown and that he's failed. And then there's a slow-mo run. But here we get Frank in slow-mo again. Yeah, and so um, he gets back to the cabin, and he finds Macy possessed and floating in the middle of the living room. Well, I want to point out, this is the first time one of our people Uh is actually in danger. Yes. Directly. Yeah. And I would consider Macy as being one of our people. Yes, she is one of our people. She is directly in danger. This is the first time. In the show, and that was a little... Yeah, so she's standing there, and she's in the middle of the room, and she's, like, doing the whole full nine-yard possession thing. I'm I surprised do. there wasn't, like, <clears throat> pea, pea soup coming out, because, <laughs> I mean, that was... Wait, we should podcast The Exorcist. We should. I love that movie. Uh, she was all sweaty, and she had the... I gotta, I gotta tell you the story the first time I saw um, The Exorcist, but... I won't bug the podcast with that. So I I do want to point out um, that, and this was in the, there were several newspaper articles about this after the show had aired, but that's not actually the child actor doing the possessed. Is that why they had such? That's why the face is so just, I think that's why they have so much makeup on the face. Because I made a a stunt double. Because I made a point of saying, um, wow, Jenny didn't look, that no, Jenny bad. wasn't that bad. No, not at all. But I think it may have to do, it had to do with the fact they used a stunt double. I wonder why. Uh, it's a pretty traumatic scene. Oh, that's true. That's true. And, there, and you don't want to put a child, and there was, it was kind of stunty. I mean, she is dangling from the ceiling. She's Yeah, and there were jerky movements. So there was, and, yeah. there was some stunt involved, actual that does, stunting. I'm, I'm glad you read that, because I was thinking, why are they putting these weird face things? Because if you're really wanting to pull the heartstrings of parents... You want to show her. This apparent right here. You want to show yeah. her as much like herself as possible. Well, they do do some glimpses. They do, do flashes. They do glimpses. Yeah. Daddy. They do the yeah. voice and everything. So, uh, but yeah, that that is not a young child doing all of those okay. stunts. I, I don't know how legal that is. That anyway. at least makes makes that makes it sense. Me, though. Makes me feel better. Um. So we go we go back to our uh, well trio of heroes. Well, no, didn't the priest jump in? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. I'm getting ahead of you again. I'm yes. Um, and so Jenny wants to steal this lantern oh, yeah. back from the this group of survivalists. Yeah, that she's saying that that's the only way they can get it. Yes. Um, and Abby's like, uh, yeah, you're on parole and this so. is illegal, so I'm going to do, do it. it. <laughs> and of course, as if she's going to go, Ichabod's going to go. Well, but in true Jenny style, I guess they were right. Yeah. I am a bad influence. <laughs> I wiggle. Yeah, and so um, we. This is when we go back to the, the cabin, and Frank's priest tries to help. Right, but he jumps she, right on in there. Though he does, but she kills him right away. Just, well, she doesn't. The demon does. The demon just. Yes. And I'm, of course, as a parent, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, the therapy. Oh, I know, right? Well, you so got so much therapy. I fall back on the fact that Jenny didn't Did know. Remember. Yeah. So I'm. I'm hoping that Macy doesn't remember yeah, any of that. Yeah, me too. Um, so Frank calls the team. Well, still, she's going to come out of the situation. Her father's priest is dead. Yeah. 
as yeah. is one of his comps. Yeah, exactly. She's not going to be completely shielded from all of that, I don't that's think. That's true. And I'm telling you, if I were Cynthia, that door would have been kicked in. Seriously? Within minutes. Yeah. I'd have, I don't care that the door opens inward. Yeah. I would have kicked that door in. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or out. Or I would have, yeah, that would not just be wiggling a door handle. Well, and at first I thought, are they going to make this entire episode where oh Cynthia doesn't gosh. see anything? Please, no. Because I was like, oh my God. And then she's going to think he's nuts. And then Macy doesn't know what happens. And he's all upset. And she's going to end up with custody. And yeah. There's that sign We didn't it. go down that road. but I'm, I'm glad we did I was worried at that point when, when she couldn't get through the door. Right. Um, so Frank calls the team and he tells them very conspicuously to stay away. Which they took to mean, meet me at the archives. Well, yeah. That was <laughs> obvious. Because he was saying, is the Bible still at the archives? Well, and you and I had the discussion that. The first time I watched this, I thought when it said stay away, I thought that was the demon talking. And I thought it was Frank. So I think you're right, though. Yeah. And um, so Abby and Ichabod sneak into this compound and it's booby trapped. At, with Jenny talking them Guiding through. them in. So she knows this compound. Yeah. And so. And it is a compound. Yeah, it is. We get, uh, we get lock pickage and it turns out Abby taught Jenny. Oh, the banter between those it's, two? Oh, it's great. It's so great. I'm, I really like it when they forget they're upset with each other. Uh-huh. And um, so Abby, uh, Ichabod tells Abby about Jenny's attempts to save her by keeping herself locked up. Well, here it is. It's his first chance to actually say something about and it. And Abby picks up on it right away. Oh, immediately. She said, is that what you're saying? Are you saying that she got herself locked up to save me? And he's like, yep. Yep. Um, and then he, he makes fun of Abby for being short. So we have some of the height talk here. We do, yeah. Which I'm telling you, it's another piece of fan service. It is. Because there's so much talk about how the height difference between yeah. us two. So you know that was more. It was so funny, though, because he's like, yeah, you're super short. And then he's like, eh, eh, I can't get in the lantern either. And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so they, they get the lantern and then they get caught. Yep. And it's. That's, I think, our commercial break moment. Yeah, I think so. Um, so Ichabod tries to talk these guys down, but basically Jenny saves their asses. Yeah, she's like up at the top of the cars and she's got her two big old autom- rifle automatic. I don't know what kind of guns they are. I'm sorry, I'm not a gun expert. I like guns. They're cool, but I don't know what they are. So she's up there and she's talking about, yeah, and you're going to let me You're gonna let me do this because I'm the best shot out here. And you know it. And you know those are some ex-lovers going on right there. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. There's some serious ex-lover tension going on. Whether yeah. or not she actually liked him, liked him, or, or was using him, or hey, whatever, more, whatever. Power, more power to you, chick, whatever works. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the situation was there, but it was very obvious something. There's a past. Because he trusted her to, when she said, listen, we will bring the lantern well, back when we're done with exactly. it. And he trusted her to do that. Yeah. Well, and then as Abby's walking off, there's more of that banter. Mm-hmm. So well, you might be better at breaking in, but I'm better at breaking out. And Abby's like, noted <laughs> yeah and she does the sassy finger she thing does and everything. it's adorable i was like oh yay yeah i i like when it's uh, they throw in these little slightly lighthearted little bits yeah well even ichabod points out you can tell by the way they're talking to each other how much they really care for each other yeah. how obvious it is yeah um so uh we go back to frank takes uh his possessed child and cynthia to the archives well, sure. Um, because they're they're going to go for the Bible. It's a family field trip. Right. And the Bible's not there. Oh, and he makes such a showing. He's like, oh my God, it was so here. I swear to God, it was here. around. I'm like, baby, you ain't even fooling me. Yeah. And and so, of course, Jenny and Abby show up. And well, it's... Well, Jenny's the one. Jenny, Jenny shows up first. And is talking to Macy. Yeah. And it is like demon guilt hour. 
because it it is but that's what demons do yeah because i've you know met several of course demons wait um so (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was my ex-husband um (laughs) but yeah there's a lot of guilt trip going on there yeah that's how they uh, you know that's a trope of how demons get to you right and um so abby shows up and she starts kind of enticing and see tiff bring it on saying like wouldn't i be a better a better one to possess than this child and it's really smart because they get Ansitif up against this salt line, and then it. When did they do that? I don't. I wish we would have seen some hint movement. of that. Just something. Yeah, and um, Ichabod comes right up behind him because I do get when they did that because he was behind. Yeah, it. they show him doing him the big doing old salt the, line, and so they they get it trapped in this ring of salt. I'm investing in salt. <laughs> and uh, they use the lantern and they save Macy and they banish. Well, actually, we had we had some discussions before the cast about we where Ansitif was banished to. I thought it was back to hell. I thought he got sucked into the lantern. And you were like, wow, that's a shitty lantern. Now it's like... Oh, uh, yeah, you gotta get the lantern back with a demon in it? Yeah, here, weavers, have your demon you, lantern. What, what, what the hell? And is it a one one demon lantern? Or is I it don't... multi-demons? But I thought it got sucked back down well, to hell. Well, we sat and rewound the scene like three or four times. Mm-hmm. And... I could see where you saw that it might have gone into the ground, and you saw where I thought it might have gotten sucked into the lantern. So it's and it was really all unclear. covered up with poorly done CGI, flamey yeah. kind of graphics. Well, because it was kind of blurry, it's not as bad as their usual bad graphics. But yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I guess they're learning their tricks. Um, but yeah, I, I really now I'm like I don't know which way you. I'm not convinced one way or the other. Later, or earlier when they were talking about the lantern, they made a point of saying, and it'll banish the demon back to, to back hell. to hell. But yeah, they didn't make that super clear. Otherwise, that is one crappy lantern. Yeah. So, and which is now in possession of a demon. Sure. Yeah. Apparently so. Or you know, used by, and nobody wants that anyway. So. Yeah. Slightly, yeah. slightly used demon lantern. So, um, yeah, so we get the, uh, we get a hug from the Mills sisters. And Man, that scene was so awesome oh. because you see, you got Frank and you got Cynthia and Macy. You got this family group over here. And the yeah. first thing Abby does is Abby goes to Ichabod. Yeah. But she turns and she sees, and Jenny's over there all by herself. Yeah. And my heart's breaking the whole time. And Abby walks over and puts her arms around her. And Jenny's face is just so shell-shocked yeah we're talking post-traumatic stress disorder all over her face and she slowly puts her arms and those actresses i know god it's beautiful i was in tears it was for them. so oh that was so and beautifully I don't cry. done i know i'm dead inside well, i say that every time i'm dead inside i don't cry and it was just so beautiful and i was then, so glad to see them finally come together like that yeah and they, it's been almost an yeah. uneasy kind of truce it's been 11 episodes and yeah. they finally connected yeah and so thank goodness thank goodness and um so we get we get our standard witness moment <laughs> at the cabin which sure. i really like these scenes at i the do end. too um they're a breather yeah and it's just ichabod and abby and he is uh making this invisible ink viewer. Well, I love that he's using a mortar, mortar and pestle. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> saying it for me before I stuttered over it. You're welcome. Which I don't have one. Um, I used to. I want one, but I can't justify purchasing one. I, don't, I would never pretty. use it. It would just be pretty. Yeah. And um, so they get, uh, they use this invisible ink and they turn the lights off and they get a date from the Bible 
December 18th, 1799. Okay, but did he sniff the entire... And I think you're the one who brought yes. this up. Did he sniff every single freaking page yes. of that Bible? That was my question. Looking for that. Because he is. He's sniffing the page. And, and they go, he goes disgusting. to a very specific page. It's not, it's, not in, it's not in the middle. It's not... It's just a page. Yeah. And, yeah. And by the way, the 17th century invisible ink that Abby references really was a thing. Yep. Um, I do have a link to... The glowwormy to the glowwormy part, so I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. That that really, it's really not that interesting, but I just want to show you guys that it really is out there. So yeah, that a whole invisible thing, ink thing in the 17th century, yeah, really was. And um, so Ichabod recognizes the handwriting in as belonging to Washington. Sure, but the date is four days after Washington died. Four days after. Which, how, and they seem so flabbergasted. I'm like, well, yeah, you can write down any date at any time while I you're know. still alive. I was thinking that, too. Why that's so fascinating. Cause, or maybe he had a date on that date. Or maybe he had a meeting or planned maybe, on yeah. that date. It doesn't you, mean he was alive. On, like, I know. You, it's not that you have to be alive on that date to write a date down. Exactly. I can write 20, you know, 20, you know. 2199 or yeah. something. Doesn't mean I'm going to be alive for that. Oh, I know. Um, uh, yeah. I know, but anyway, the so um, yes, Abra uh, Abraham, what's his name? <laughs> George Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, you know, whichever. <laughs> George Washington did in fact die on December fourteenth, seventeen ninety nine. I got the year right that time. Right. So I went looking to see if anything significant happened on December eighteenth, seventeen ninety nine, and the only thing anywhere ever, <laughs> as far as American history goes, that happened on that date is that's the day George Washington's body was interred. Other than that, literally nothing. Nowhere in Google did I find, not on Wikipedia, nothing. That was so... Yeah. I don't even know why that was even there. But so. you checked that. I did look. I'm very proud of There's you for nothing. checking that. Um, so, I mean, they did pick a date that had something to do with George Washington. Yeah. So, I'm hoping we get a little something something later yeah so that. i mean i really like this episode and i was like i was telling you before we started the recording i am now way more invested in macy than i am in ichabod's son i am too way more well but we've seen more of macy from macy's point of view more of her actual interactions where we've never actually seen jeremy interact with anybody other than being beaten in an orphanage right but like the even the concept of jeremy isn't yeah. really doing much for me. No. Like, intellectually, I'm like, yeah, man, that sucks for Ichabod to be like, yep, you had a son and you didn't know him and he's like yeah. 200, he died like over 200 years ago. True. But I just, I don't seem to care as much as I should, yeah. as much as I think the show wants me to. No. But yeah, Macy, man, you get I Macy mean, in trouble and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to fight you. God, yeah. So oh, I was, I was, I was actually concerned about her for a while there, but she, and yeah, she does come back in case we didn't mention that part. <laughs> um, but overall, I really did like this episode. I love that, you know, with last week's episode and this week's episode that it's, we're building up. You yeah. can feel we're building up to a big confrontation of something. Yeah. And, and, I think and I'm looking forward to it. And I think some of that is because they only had 13 episodes this season to do a full arc. Yes. Um, so, so sometimes I, I bitch and moan about like British shows that have shorter seasons, but when you get something yeah, like twenty two episodes, typically have like like ten, 10 or, so. or but, so. But and it forces you to be real concise with your narrative. But also, 
like you don't have as many filler episodes because you've got to okay. get to your you've got to get your shit done. Right. In in comparison, as we do tend to talk about Supernatural from time to time. Or a lot. Um, they generally have 22 to 23 yeah. episodes a season. And there's a lot of filler. There's a lot. And I will bitch and moan about, oh, my God, can we just get... Where the fuck is Cass? Yeah. You know, where's Crowley? I just, come on. I'm sick of this. I mean, while I, I do like the Monster of the Week format, and I kind of wish they had some some of the regular episodes with that. But, yeah, the bottleneck episodes just, oh, my God, can we please so, just get so on this with the story? So this is kind of nice. That yeah, so this is, it feels good, and it, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. So, because the next, the next two uh, episodes, 12 and 13, are, uh, it was, it was a two-part finale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh. We'll cast them separately, though, because they are technically episodes 12 and 11. Yes. So we're going to do those cast separately. They're 12 and 13. 12 and 13. 12 and 11. I was going backwards. Um, Are you de-aging? <laughs> so, so yeah. So, look forward to that. We'll round out the season. And, um, and guys, let, let us know what you think about this episode or any of our opinions or the show or basically... No, no. Leave our opinions alone. Anything... Well, our opinion, opinions are completely <laughs> sound. Completely sound at all times. But, you know, if you want to talk to us, let us know something. If you have any additional info, you want to share a theory, um... Anything, basically, really, we want to hear from you. Yeah, if you uh, have any of that, you can email us at randomtpodcasts at gmail, and that's with an S, <laughs> at gmail.com, or message us on Tumblr at the same address, randomtpodcasts at tumblr.com, or you can tweet us at randomtcasts. Um, and if you really don't want to have to remember all that because you're lazy like I am, all you have to remember is our website. It's randomtpodcasts.com. Yep, and uh, you can check out. I've got some links in our sh- try to put links in our show notes to any re- uh, research that I reference. Um, I don't know. You got anything else? I'm good. All right. Well, I'm Janya. I'm Queenie. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>